Syria Ah fans everywhere. From our nation's capital, this is Cool of America. Welcome back, Curve Americans and Podcast Paisani, to the episode 100 and something of Curve America. I'm your host, Tad Burns, and I'm joined here in Washington, D.C. by the golden boy of the convention center, Chinatown General Area, Marco. Marco, what's up, my man? How's it going, man? It's time to rename this podcast the Brutti Americani Podcast. It's me, you, we're ugly, we're American, but we love Serie A. We are simpatico, my friend, and all I got to ask with the internet, is our connection good? I have no idea, but we have a strong connection, Tad. <laughs> well, this week on Curve America, we're going to discuss week 10 of the Serie A. We'll be tackling Juve's come-from-behind victory against Computer Gross Empoli, the Derby del Sole, Roma versus Napoli, Inter does the Lord's work against OTFR, the shootout at the OK Corral between Milan and Sampdoria, and just for the hell of it, why not recap Frosinone's 3-0 beatdown of Spall? For all you out there, be sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And please be sure to describe to us wherever you can find your podcasts. If you're willing and able, please rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts. If you give us four stars, we're going to have to go to VAR and change it to five stars anyways. But before we get into this week's games... Something caught your attention in uh, the news this past week, a Gentleman Ultra article uh, on Alessio Cerci, Marco. Why don't you fill us in on uh, on what you read? Absolutely. And look, the Gentleman Ultra, besides having just a phenomenal name, I like their logo and everything. Their, their writers just get me hyped, especially when they pull up this magic, uh, these treasures from uh, the Serie A. Alessio Cerci, uh, ex-Roma player, Roma youth, uh, and the title is The Regrets of Wasted Talent. And uh, Yusef Calcio does a very good job of uh, romanticizing everything by bringing in a little De Niro. And he brings out one of his uh, famous quotes from a Bronx, Bronx tale. The saddest thing in life is wasted talent and the choices that you will make shape your life forever. Uh, unfortunately for Alessio Cerci, you know, even though he has great flow and he's Roman, he just has a bad attitude off the field and uh, that ended up catching up with him even though he was a young prospect through the years um, you know he had a couple really big seasons did pretty well with the Roman youth team then showed a lot of promise and and was sold um, around Italy uh, eventually making his way to a uh, Giampiero Ventura's uh, Torino side that had Ciro Immobile where he was scoring mad goals if you can remember that season he was frying teams left and right cutting in on that wonderful left foot and it was that season that you started to think maybe Alessio Cerci is another Roman that's going to come back and uh, just add to the artillery uh, but it wasn't to be uh, he, he his head blew up a little bit when he went to Fiorentina he uh, was caught uh doing some stupid stuff off the field, going to the to the clubs, um, you know, flaunting his Maserati. Apparently, he had parked uh, in a police officer's spot, and when the police officer told him to move, Cherchi said that he would once he finished eating his dinner. So um, yeah, yeah. he didn't just look like a brat. He also was a brat. And uh, eventually his career went in shambles when he couldn't be consistent, went to Atletico Madrid, 
and uh, Diego Simeone just was having nothing of it. It's Diego Simeone's model is Grinta and its team play. And, you know, again, even though he came from Torino, uh, where Grinta is gold, um, he, you know, was just too selfish of a player, only ended up playing two games and said that that was what ruined his career. Eventually made his way back to Elas Verona. Elas Verona gets uh, relegated. And now he's on the bench uh, for this Turkish team, Ankaraguku, can't even say it. Sounds like a Dragon Ball Z character. And uh, yeah, he's just uh, just kind of rotting away. I think he's like 31 now and uh, not necessarily done, but just, uh, you know, I love how Yusuf closes the article by reminding us again, De Niro, there's no sadder thing than wasted talent. Uh, but Cherche's abject fall from grace was perhaps even more dramatic. How's Yusuf, that? Yusuf Calcio, also my uh, my porn name. Uh, yeah, you know, it, it, interesting thing. I remember that season at Torino, and, you know, he goes away to Atletico Madrid, and, uh, and Chiri Immobile went up to Sevilla, and Chiri Immobile kind of limps back into Serie A, and now he's a world beater. And now Alessio Cherche, I don't know, I mean, like, you say he's in Turkey. He he might be in like the Iowa B League, like injecting you know cat hormones into his knees, uh, and you know, and, and as a bus boy by night, dreaming on that that Maserati. But awesome article. Uh, we encourage everyone out there to check it out on the Gentleman Ultra. Alessio Cerci, insert Robert De Niro quote here. Uh, but it's always good to uh, to look back at these players that uh, you know I guess uh, uh, didn't make it, and, and now we're riding the pine in Turkey. Quick, um, quick, hope- uh, quick correction though. He actually went uh, from Fiorentina to Torino, and he actually ended up turning it around. He had bad, uh, I guess he was kind of like fell out of graces at Fiorentina, and then he turned it up at Torino. That's kind of where he blew up. Uh, but anyways, the rest is history. Um, you know, Alessio Cerci. Coulda, shoulda, woulda. Definitely. Well, let's turn right into uh, week 10 of the Serie A. And our first game is the Derby del Sole. Roma versus Napoli. This one was a 1-1 draw. You and I watched it side-by-side in the pub with 35 members of Roma Club Washington, D.C. And one annoying Napoli fan for some reason always turns up to Roma Napoli just to be a thorn in our side. Um, and we have the 1-1 and the Flemish Peter Dinklage. Trace Mertens. <laughs> Uh, saves Napoli at the death. Uh, and this one, you know, Elsha scores the first for, scores the goal for Roma early on. Uh, gets his goal uh, on you know just the week of his 26th birthday in the Derby del Sol. Uh, I guess that's his birthday present. I'm probably disappointed once again that he did not receive a new haircut for a birthday present. But Christmas is right around the corner. Uh, Pharaoh El Sharawe. Uh, I don't know, maybe uh, uh, for Christmas we can get you a white b- light bulb so you no longer have to cut your hair in the dark. He, uh, um, he's been playing really well this, this season, on and off. Uh, and I was talking to one of the Roma Club members who was just not too impressed with that Elsha. I just had to remind him, like, you look in the first half. He was playing confidently, and when he's playing confident, he can really just you know, for some reason, just skin the defenders. And uh, he also is a, is a goal-scoring threat. It's just like, yeah, he disappears way too often. Uh, who knows, man? I, I, this is one of those players, he's a bit of an enigma. He just uh, he fades in and out of the season, you know what I mean? Yeah, Elshaw's super streaky. I mean, you kind of got to take the bad with the good with him. And, uh, you know, speaking of players that are highly touted coming out of youth academies, I mean, when he was 19 and 20 years old, they were talking about him being – 
you know, the second coming, uh, the, you know, the next great Italian winger. And, you know, I mean, just because he's inconsistent that, you know, he's still able to be featured frequently on, you know, the top five or six uh, Italian sides in, in Milan and Roma. Um, but looks like Roma, you know, they're, they're not going to they, they got the value for their for their euro right now. And it looks like they're going to extend him in the contract through 2022. I don't know. You think that's a good move or do you think that for Roma to make that next push, we need to uh, uh, look past El Shirawi? I didn't think so until I just saw that you said he was 26. Um, I'm fact-checking you right now because that is still very, very young, and uh, that change, that's a game-changer uh, for sure. Because- well, yeah, he seems like he's been around since, like, 1991. Uh, but, in fact, you got to remember, he was – I mean, I think he was making Milan first-team appearances when he was 18. So, you know, I mean, that's uh, – do the quick math on that eight years ago. No, no doubt. He's – and, again, he's – He's shown a lot of promise. He's got pace. He's got potential, and he's got a really good eye for goal too. So, look, if he's able to just have a little consistency, I think that just has everything to do with his confidence. Um, then I think El Sharawi can can really be on a, a decent player for the team for the next three years. Well, his goal in this one uh, uh, was marveling because uh, it hit everywhere in the goal except for the back of the net. But we still get to, to uh, celebrate nonetheless. Bad news for Rob on this one. Uh, Daniel De Rossi goes off injured. Our captain, uh, you know, big ups to the, to the Napoli faithful for whistling a team captain going off um, injured. But, you know, Roma, uh, De Rossi's you know, had, you know, kind of dipped into the fountain of youth this, this season. 35 years old, uh, has been playing box to box, you know, just have any sort of consistency. Roma really needed him. And, you know, the guy who comes on in our uh, 4-2-3-1 formation that we've had some success with uh, is Cristante. I mean, how do you feel about Brian Cristante as the regular replacement uh, to De Rossi in this, in this capacity? Well, I'll tell you one thing. When De Rossi came off the field, you really just the soul of the team seemed to have been ripped off. And from there on, it was downhill uh, riding for, for Napoli. It was offense, defense, and just tells you everything that you, you take off De Rossi, grizzly, you know, bags under his eyes, just looks like he just doesn't even sleep, just thinks about Roma all day. Uh, and then you bring on Cristante, who's rocking pink cleats, and, uh, you know, just kind of Cristante. I don't really know. I'm, I'm super unconvinced about him. He always looks like he's tired, uh, even when he's not playing that much. Uh, you know, he should be coming on young and fresh and, and injecting some, some energy into the, into the game. He's had some decent matches for sure, but uh, overall just expecting more out of the, this young Italian who is supposed to be, have so much prospect coming out of Atalanta. Yeah, dude, I was, I was in the, I, 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 driving the hype train on Cristante when he, you know, he came into the season last year. I thought, you know, he was a top three Serie A midfielder, just such a beast. Out here, he looks so unsure of himself, uh, you know, like he doesn't remember that he used to be the BMOC at, uh, at at Atalanta, and now just just kind of unsure of himself. And I think that kind of lends to like this this tired look that you see uh, him running through. So, I mean, you know, he could turn it on the second half. He could he could find his form, um, you know. But I'm, I I I'd hate to see two straight thirty five million plus busts uh, after you know I'm basically about ready to hail Sheik. Uh, it, it, one of the biggest busts, the biggest bust this side of Wani Turbe. Yeah, Off. I agree with that for sure. 
for Napoli, Mertens comes off the bench on this one, so it looks like they're flexing up the squad. And you know, he really surprised me because he pops out after hiding under a bottle cap on the field and scores <laughs> the equalizer uh, to save a point for Napoli. Um, and you know, we're talking about captains, Napoli captain and punk rock Harry Potter. Uh, Hamsik in this one actually tied Giuseppe uh, uh, Bruscolatti's appearance record for Napoli at 5'11", but he also sets an all-time record. Uh, for playing uh, for appearances by players who have survived sticking a tweezer into an electrical socket, um, but Hamsik in this one, he's all Napoli. He says Napoli had total domination, and if you look at the stats, twenty-six to eight on shots, sixty-two to thirty-eight possession, seventeen to three on corners. Total dominations, Marco. Is, is that what you saw on on Napoli's behalf this this week? Yeah, like I said, it was the second half after uh, De Rossi and especially after Manolas came off. It was just offense, offense, defense, and you actually thought they were going to be able to sneak out with all three points. Of course, Calehoun. How do you say it? Calehoun. Calehoun. There it is. I don't do it any justice. But he shanks one. And, uh, you know, when you have a player like Mertens who just has a an eye for goal, um, you know, he just picks up the trash in the back post scores end of the day it was a uh, a hard fought one point for Roma uh, but they definitely didn't deserve it because they were just getting waxed and uh, I think Evan uh, the Napoli fan reminded of us of it the entire game by clapping as loud as he could <laughs> right right into everyone's ear walking around r- around the table I mean yeah he uh, uh, definitely needed uh, to watch the game from the toilets in this one but you know, I, I tend to agree with you on this one, Marco. If if Insigne's shot was on at all in this game, we'd be talking about an absolute Napoleon route. They were basically running circles around Roma for most of this game. Uh, you know, they're extremely well organized. Uh, you know, Ancelotti really has his team firing. And, you know, I, I think that for Roma, you know, it, while it was great that there was a, a great opportunity going into a stoppage time for Roma to take three points for us. Roma has to really be happy to get out of this one with one point. And I don't think anyone's going to be happier uh, leaving uh, the San Paolo with one point more than EDF. Uh, you know, apparently his, his, his new look, no glasses. Um, uh, if, you know, if, if he can't see the players, then maybe on, on the pitch, because he's not wearing his glasses, maybe he doesn't have to take credit for their performance. But I think... He needs to be super happy that uh, uh, that they that they left uh, the game on this one, uh, just po- taking one point back to Rome and be able to regroup for Saturday's showdown uh, at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can find us guys at Ireland's Four Courts in, in Arlington, Virginia, for Roma taking on Fiorentina in a Game of the Week candidate. Even you, Evan, just come on through. We love you. Yeah. <laughs> Evan, who was when, when Roma when, when Roma Club got put up on uh, on AS Roma for the for the scoring in the in the, the derby, us all going ham. Uh, the one person that Roma asked about of the entire club is who's that kid in the blue shirt and is he wearing a Napoli or an OTF jersey? So Evan is the most popular member non member of Roma Club DC wearing that Napoli jersey. Our next game up, guys, this, uh, uh, this one uh, finished today, an absolute waxing 3-0, uh, a, a rain out that was made up. We have OTFR versus Inter. Marco, this one's yours. Yeah, I got rained out, but it was pissing today. <laughs> the, uh, the game was uh, a little sloppy uh, in terms of weather, but I'll tell you who wasn't sloppy. Good old Mauro Icardi. 
That man is a an absolute poacher. He does it again. Uh, comes out with two goals here. And, he, you know, the goals he scores, too, just classic poachers goals. And the first one was kind of uh, lucky, you know, found himself in the right place at the right time. The second one, though, uh, which was the third goal of the game, just so calm, takes a touch in the box, and where most people would probably just slam it upper 90, try to just hit it with power. Uh, he just tucks it away in the bottom left hand, uh, right-hand corner. Uh, OTFR will feel uh, a little bit... Uh, out of luck these days, uh, especially when they have uh, an interside come back into the stadium where they uh, beat them in the final game of the season uh, to take their Champions League spot. Uh, this was their chance for revenge, and uh, they couldn't take advantage of it. You know, o- OTFR, you know, they're, they're really not coming through. I think this is 0 for, 0 for 4 for them in big games on the season. They've dropped Napoli, Juventus. Uh, Roma and uh, uh, and um, Inter on the season, and to be honest, none of these games have been close at all. Uh, so you know they're supposed to be the star-studded team. They're supposed to come back uh, uh, into the season after holding on to Sergei Milinkovic Savic, uh, and you know really compete for one of these top four spots. I mean, so far all they've really done is taken out the the Serie A trash. But on the other hand. You know, you look at a team like Inter, oh boy, man, they're they're really starting to pick things up. Uh, they actually jumped to number two on the table on goal differential this week. You know, they've won like a gazillion matches in a row, I think six. Let me fact check that for all, uh, I mean, not including the, the, the Champions League, but let me fact check that all that for the Interisti. But, you know, this is a team that, sorry, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, yep, six in the league. Um, seven out of their last eight, including all competitions. Um, eight out of their last ten, including all competitions. You know, this is a team that people really need to fear. And you and I both had them uh, with a shot to beat Barcelona last week. Perhaps that was wishful thinking or just hot takery. Um, but I think that, you know, this game really kind of showed that there are two tiers of the Serie A right now, and Inter uh, at the top of the table, and Inter is definitely a step above OTFR. I know, I agree. Um, at the, right now, OTFR is kind of soul-searching, trying to figure out, all right, we've got to keep these players this season. Uh, somehow, some way, we're able to hold on to uh, SMS and uh, and some of the other big players like Immobile and uh, Luis Alberto. Uh, but then, you know, they need to perform. And uh, Inter, on the other hand, it, I think it's it's the coach, man. Uh, Spalletti, for as crazy as he is, uh, and nothing made him look more crazy than, than his uh, his hoodie on after that second goal was scored by Brozovic. They panned to, to Spalletti on the bench, and he looked like, uh, you know, Luke Skywalker chilling on the island, uh, just like pondering to himself. I don't I don't know what was going on through his head. Uh, he's, probably, he's hiding a facelift, man. He's definitely hiding a facelift. The avocado oil on his forehead is not is not not breaking up that those cracks from the San Andreas fault that's going on in his dumpies. Yeah, well, he's got this team firing on all cylinders right now. Like you said, they slipped up a little bit at Barcelona, but everybody slips up at Barcelona even without Messi. Um, and so Inter is in very good shape right now. The next match uh, they play is uh, against. Um, Genoa, so Piatek, you know, coming to town. Um, maybe this is a chance for Mauro Icardi to uh, 
to get his uh, seventh goal in, in four games, uh, that would be, I believe. And so this man is just turning it up. And it's time. It's that time of the year where all the all the poachers are starting to come out uh, out of the out of the high grasses. Well, Piatek has uh, has score has been scoreless in the last two games. Coincidentally, just after I add him onto my fantasy Calcio team, which hey everyone, check out the Curve America standings um, at uh, uh, Serie Fanta Calcio, um, where you will see yours truly in dead last place. I think I'm 29 out of 29 and bordering, bordering on suicide. Um, our next match, we shoot right back up at the top of the table. We have Juventus taking on Empoli. Uh, Juventus wins this one 2-1. Uh, to one. Uh, If Empoli come out in that 4-3-2-1 uh, era formation, not to confuse anyone and to point to the team that's going to win this game. Um, Empoli score first uh, by a man whose name is straight up out of a Scorsese movie, uh, Frank Caputo. Sounds like a Scorsese monster, a mobster, and he celebrates in front of his fans, who are probably also Juventus fans. If you see their reactions, they're like, yay, we scored, woo. Um, next up, you have a terrible penalty, penalty call in favor of Juventus, but you know what else is new, so I'm not going to really harp on that. Uh, the game is sealed with a Ronaldo just a blast a blast so hard it it cleansed every colon within a 20 mile radius um i think cr7 is now sponsored by uh, cr cr7 lisa strikes uh, are now sponsored by metamucil uh, metamucil <laughs> make sure you are near a toilet um and uh, on the other hand empoli i think is now sponsored uh, it's brought to you they're brought to you by poop uh because if you're looking for something that really stinks empoli brought to you by poop <laughs> and this one CR7 with a brace, man. And the one thing is, you know, CR7 knocks in two goals, and it's not even his biggest achievement of the week. He uh, takes over Selena Gomez as the most followed person on Instagram. Marco, what do you think of that? I'll tell you what, man. That's news to me. That tells you how much I go on Instagram, even though I run the Corp America Instagram account. Well, Selena Gomez was number two. Ariana Grande was three, and uh, and... Kim Kardashian was number four outside of Cristiano Ronaldo. And it makes me think is Instagram brought to you by your friend's creepy dad. Um, but the stadium was full on this one in Empoli. And I, I don't know which one was a bigger shock. Is that Gomez, Selena Gomez was the most followed person on Instagram or that the Empoli stadium was full. I wouldn't think you could give those away. But, you know, at this point, you look at the CR7 impact. I mean, like, Juve are rocking. Not that they always haven't really been, but... You know, they're 3-0 and in Champions League at the top of the table. They're 9-1-0 and in Italy. CR7, for the most part, has been dominant. Juve are just have huge favorites to win the treble. Uh, you know, and if you look at the counterpoint of that, Real Madrid, where he just left, uh, that apparently cast him away. Uh, Madrid just fired their coach after one win in their last seven. Uh, they just got thrashed 5-1 in El, in El Clasico in their ninth place in La Liga. I mean, even with these, you know, allegations of rape or sexual misconduct, you know, I mean, this like is Ronaldo just too big to fail? Oh man, I that's I really I really want to stay away from all the allegations. I know some stuff came up this uh, in these past couple of days. Uh, Ronaldo pleading his case. We're gonna let the facts, uh, you know. But I mean, look at look over the course of last year, like any sort of allegation and like PR nightmare. I mean, Ronaldo, in the wake of this, he's ripping it up in the Serie A. 
his old team, you know, his ex-girlfriend got fat basically in, in, in Real Madrid or, you know, she lost her leg in a, in a, in a snowmobile accident. And now he's the most followed man on Instagram. I mean, this dude is, I mean, he has an orbit. Yeah, I mean, that, that's that been the case for years now, though. I mean, he most followed athlete. He's just working his way up. And uh, for whatever reason, he, his uh, agent calculated this one perfectly when he went to Juventus. Uh, you know, everybody, everybody just wants to see him succeed over there. So, again, let's put these uh, allegations aside. Uh, his play right now... Um, you know, and again, if something comes up there, man, I just, you know, absolutely don't condone it. And, uh, you know, Ronaldo can fall from grace uh, if he's doing stuff like that. Then, you know, I wouldn't have a problem with that. But uh, for for what he's doing on the on the field, he's absolutely taking Juventus to the next level. We talked about that last week. Uh, but again, man, look at Juventus like. Right now, Barzagli, Quadrado, Costa, Spinazzola, Pe- Perin, Chellini, Keane, Benatia, Canc- Cancelo, sitting on the bench. I mean, it's like we can't, we're almost tired of talking about it, but that's what's so fascinating about Juventus is that you never know who's uh, going to be the, the star of the week, uh, you know, outside of the one or two usuals and Cristiano or maybe, you know, Pjanic. Um, but it's just that's just the way they're built. They're built for the Champions League. They're built to win this thing, um, and they're just intriguing in, in in every way. Yeah, I mean, Juve has all these superstars on the bench, juxtaposed to uh, what Empoli's messing with these days. I mean, their bench players are such players as Arnel Jakupovic, uh, who to me sounds like a politician in a Star Wars prequel. You should be playing uh, ep- tennis with that name. I don't know. Episode zero: The Empoli rarely strikes back. Um, Andrea Fulignati, all through your body, which blows like a 12-gauge shoddy, and that's a goalkeeper, the number 99. Um, Sam Jason Mraz, never heard of him, but his, love his brother's music. Um, Antonio Lagumina, uh, which I looked up. Uh, Lagumina means the Gumen, according to uh, Google Translate. And South African Joel Untersee. Um, who's actually an ex-Juve player, uh, but I think the only reason why he was on there is because he was remarkably handsome and someone has to wing Chiellini, you know, when he's not trying to capture strawberry shortcake. Um, And all these guys, I promise you, are professional soccer players, and they're meant to be taking on Juventus. I mean, there's no other team that has a bench like this, and, you know, Mourinho said this week that Agnelli confided him that he wants to win 10 straight Scudetti, with a team like this, I mean, what's it going to take for uh, Juventus not to rip off four in a row uh, over the next four years and have just this insurmountable uh, run of form in, in the Italian league? I don't know, man. Something's going to happen in, I don't know, like a financial crisis. Uh, Fiat goes out of business for defects. Uh, I mean, they just their business model is so solid. At this point, they've just built this... Uh, it's this unattainable goal for most players in the world, but it's like you know, it used to it used to be that you know Real Madrid and Barcelona co- come calling, you go right away. Juventus definitely uh, used to be that, and then you know have brought themselves back to that to that kind of uh, you know pedestal. Uh, they're one of those teams that nobody can say no these days. Well, I think that what's going to take is Bain is going to have to destroy the stadium during a game against Empoli. Um, for uh, the, this this Juventus team to not win, uh, then then they'll be back in like three years. So 
Juventus team rolling, Ronaldo huge, you know, winning Ballon d'Ors, winning Champions League titles, ripping it up uh, in the Serie A, and now the greatest achievement in his in his history, he overtakes Selena Gomez, takes down Selena Gomez uh, as to be the most followed person on Instagram. Empoli, on the other hand, are, you know, I mean, if you look at the table, they're remarkably not the crappiest team in Italy, um, even though they're sponsored by Poop. Um, at 18th place with 60 points, just goes to show that in this day and age, no matter how gross your computers are, somewhere in the top division of Italy, there are grosser computers in Chievo and I believe Frosinone. Mm-hmm. Our next matchup, Marco, we have Milan versus Sampdoria. Um, it was a golden opportunity by Sampdoria to show the Serie A their big boy pants with their first big win since a week two victory over Napoli. But Milan grabbed them hard by the shorts and shucked them in front of a packed San Siro and leapfrogged Sampdoria on the table to fifth. Uh, you know, when I, when I watch this game, man, I just got to ask you, does match commentator Thomas Lawrence sound like he's going to have to take off the rest of the year after Thanksgiving because he has to work double shifts in Santa's workshop? <laughs> um, in this one, though, I guess we have to bow our head and take a moment of silence R.I.P. Sampdoria goalkeeper Emil Audero's hot streak. Um, the keeper was all over the press this past week being honored as having conceded the fewest amount of goals in Sampdoria history through the first nine games. He promptly sees three goals to a floundering yet star-studded Milan team. So, sorry, Emil Audero, but sometimes, you know, rocket ships have to come back down to earth. But I think the big story in this game, Marco, is Gattuso somewhat responds um, you know, he has a loss in the Derby, followed by a midweek Europa loss to Real Betis. And, you know, the Flames are climbing high for the Rhino. Haters, they were out here hating, including, including all-time Milan hating champ Silvio Berlusconi, uh, saying, you know, in the most hashtag most Italian way ever, watching Milan makes him suffer. Um, so, you know, what do you do when uh, President Bunga Bunga and Twitterverse are sharpening their pitchforks coming for your job? <coughs> You know, probably the most predictable thing you can do, and that is go to a the missionary position of, of soccer, and that's a, a 4-4-2. And Abracadabra, you get goals from your three main goal pimps, that being Iguain, Crutrone, and, uh, uh, and Suso in this one. Marco. You know, Milan are in fifth and have won three out of their last four in the league, but they did lose the Derby and they did lose in Europa. I mean, at this point, are you shit-canning Gattuso? No, man. I mean, you know, when in doubt, start Patrick Cutrone for his first start of the season because uh, he's just been a beast, and I don't know why he hasn't yet. So he had that ace up his sleeve. And, of course, Diego Laxalt. He's been keeping him uh, ready at the ready for uh, a dire moment as a, as right now after losing to Betis in the way they did. And I think he need, I think he was needed he needed to have him keep tighten his braids tighter and tighter for riffraff to make that appearance. Make him aerodynamic, but Patrick Cutrone, the Irish the Irish Italian uh, as we like to call him, man, he had a game and 20 years old. This is the future of Milan. And uh, when you're looking at the team and you see players like Frank Kessie, Patrick Cutrone, Suso, Calabria, uh, Donnarumma, 
super young uh, talent that they got coming through. And Gattuso's done a pretty good job uh, with harnessing those young talents. So I, I would give that to Gattuso. Um, he's also not been doing too bad for himself. I mean, uh, right now Milan is not exactly where they want to be, but sixth place, um, or I'm sorry, seventh place, but a game in hand is is not too shabby, uh, considering that they're still in a somewhat of a rebuild year. I think they're just they're just still trying to get out of that mess that they were out in last year. Uh, but Catuzo, nobody wants to see the Rhino go. Uh, you know, he just brings too much passion to the game, and I, I just loved him as a player, and I don't mind him as a as a coach. Well, I mean, let's look, you know, let's let's jump in the uh, Bill and Ted phone booth and go back to this time last year, when you had Montella at the helm of AC Milan, and they're an absolute joke. Basically, you know, the entire Milan team was uh, uh, tied down, spread eagle to a post, and every uh, uh, bottom ten table team was standing in line to kick him square in the nuts. You know, fast forward to today, and you know he's 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 really been a, a quality steward. And while some of his tactics aren't as perhaps as imaginative as you would uh, as you would you know expect out of uh, a, a coach for Milan, you know one of the storied franchises in uh, in Serie A history, I think until you have a clear cut better option, which I don't think that's going to be Conte. Looks like he's going to Real Madrid. I think you got to you know let this. Let this team just kind of balls their way through there. And, you know, they're, they're going to take some knocks on the chin, but they're kind of right where they want to be at this point in the season within striking distance of top four. And if they, you know, if they lose out in the Europa League, really, so what? I mean, Milan is not a, is not a Europa League team. They want to get back to Champions League. So stick with the Rhino, uh, or at least, stay, you know, the, the way I want to see him leave the helm of Milan is he just like, you know, punches out a referee on the field. All right. Moving on, we have uh, Atalanta versus Parma. Uh, and Atalanta grant the victory on this one. Marco, Hot take it away, buddy. Hot Atalanta, turn up the heat and melt team pasta cheese. Man, 3 nothing this game. They really just did it again. And Ilicic, man, this guy, uh, with the absence of Papu Gomez, still no goals, still no Papu dance. Uh, Atalanta's really been looking toward Ilicic, who, if you remember back in the summer, the man was on, on his like deathbed, it seemed like, with this disease, this bacterial infection. Uh, but the Slovenian somehow manages to uh, crawl out of his hospital bed and uh, you know just reset his mindset, comes into this Atalanta season, and he said, you know what, I'm going balls to the walls. He's doing some magic out there. And this game... You know, he gets Atalanta within a striking distance of um, Europa League. And that's the goal all along. Bring it back to the where they were two seasons ago. Um, again, Ilicic, I think they're riding, they're riding on the back of him right now. No goals this game, but really played well. And, uh, you know, again, Atalanta, two games in a row, eight goals total, just one conceded. That's more like it. Yeah, the Italian Elmer Fudd, Gasparini, who was some people were whispering on the hot seat, you know, he, he might yet to have catch the Wascoli Wabbit yet, but he was sure able to uh, uh, slice up some Parma ham in this one. You know, I mean, the, 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 the uh, Gasparini, I mean, I, I love this guy, the tenacity, you know, they hit some, they hit kind of a rough patch and they've responded with force. I mean, like you said, eight goals over the course of their last two games. We have a newly introspective Ilicic, 
you know, a, a veteran, you know, solid Serie A player uh, leading out front. Um, you know, I mean, I, I love the idea of, of having this kind of uh, a mid-table Italian coach that's, that's going to make his name on repeated uh, uh, Europa League berths. I mean, to me, that, that, that the, the vision for a team to always shoot for, you know, some sort of European soccer uh, is, just, is just wonderful to me. And that's why, why soccer and Calcio are, are so great to follow. Yeah. Well, also, there's something about that Bergamo Stadium, man. Every time you see those fans, you're like, you know what? I could get into that. I could move to Bergamo and I could get into that. You know, they just uh, they just bleed passion uh, for the team. Um, it just kind of helps that they're like this Cinderella story that like has this green tether up in this like ice cold city, uh, and they just get big wins and big turnouts. I don't know. Just uh, one of those teams that it's hard to hard to hate on Atalanta. Yeah, they uh, looks like they're in the works to try and get a new stadium themselves, and I will be uh, very upset if they don't name the stadium Winterfell. Well, we're going to roll on to our last game of the season, Marco. It's one that you picked, and I, this is the reason why I love you, and um, I, I give you shoulder massages anytime I can while you're asleep. Um, we have Spall versus Frosinone. Uh, the Frosinone team wins 3-0 in this one. Yeah, and, uh, you know, the Great Wall of Spall, that ever since we gave him that nickname, uh, they've kind of been really just up and down and, until they beat Roma. I, I still can't believe that. Um, but it's looking more like the, uh, you know, the great fence of small the, of Spall. Uh, you know, when you when you give up three goals to Frosinone, no goals... Uh, I guess we can't call them frozen no goals anymore. I mean, we used to call them frozen no points. Yeah. Then they got a couple points. First win now, uh, so it's uh, Frosinone. They've earned their name. And yeah, it was, uh, it was it was it was opposite day here in this one. Frozen no goals scores three, and the Great Wall of Spall turns into a fence, giving up three goals. Right, right. And uh, one of the fun facts I was reading as I was combing through Frosinone's. Uh, history here is Lilo the Lion, uh, Frosinone's mascot, uh, currently an endangered species in Serie A. After uh, you know they they've gone up twice and you know kind of staring relegation in the face for the second time around. Apparently, since 2008 and 2009, season fans uh, have had the opportunity to request impersonating Lilo at the game. So I'm wondering if anyone's doing that for Halloween this this time around uh, a little weird if you if you ask me uh, but ultimately uh, whatever does the trick and apparently uh, they were able to get some uh, you know some energy from Lilo this this weekend and then they were able to take down the Great Wall of Spall. If Lilo the lion costume is at my uh, at my nearest goodwill um, I will consider that fate and I will immediately go out and buy one of these Mega Millions tickets um, so we can purchase followers on Twitter and Instagram and, you know, go after, I don't know, I'm not going to be greedy, but we'll go after Kardashian at fifth. There you go. And the power of the win. Moreno Longo says, the season starts today. It's like, okay, calm down. All right. You, yeah. get, you get one win, uh, two ties, you got five points. I mean, I guess you're you're gunning for Udinese and, and Bologna right now who uh, are not looking too hot this season. But Empoli, Frosinone, and Chievo, hmm. I'd say uh, I'd say those are the the three teams that are going to be chilling around that relegation zone for for the entire season. 
Yeah, hashtag the race for 17 is on with uh, uh, with, with uh, Frosinone um, at 19. I think they can definitely overtake Computer Gross Empoli, um, who is uh, uh, not only one of the worst teams uh, that's ever graced this area, but also, reminds you, is sponsored by Poop. Well, before I move on to the end of the episode, Marco, we got to update the Inzaghi Bowl odds. Uh, Inzaghi Bowl, we have uh, actually OTFR. You know, they, they, get, they get walloped uh, after cruising midweek uh, 3-0 by enter. They're in fourth place. I think good old Simone's job um, is not too much in jeopardy. But, but Bologna... And a game that we didn't cover actually manages to pull out a 2-2 tie. Uh, they're kind of safely in 16th. Um, that's back-to-back uh, draws for uh, Team Meat Sauce there. Um, last week, we put um, the Inzaghi Bull odds. I think our guest, Stephen Moore, um, had it at less than 20%. So where is this arrow pointing? Is it going north? Or are we going over 20% um, with uh, a little, uh, about two months to go before the Inzaghi Bull? Well, a, a tie against Sassuolo is a decent result considering the fact that they've had somewhat of a high power offense this year. Uh, now, on the on the other hand, uh, when they tied um, uh, Torino, you know, again, Torino not too impressive this season. They need to get a win either against Atalanta, definitely against Chievo. I mean, if they don't win that one, but if they get Fiorentina, we might be seeing those those chances going up to the forties. Uh, but for right now, I'll, I'm staying firm at 20%. Uh, I really want to see this thing happen. I would actually love to see them just kind of trade jackets and coach each other's team. That way, uh, OTFR can lose and Bologna can win. Uh, and so uh, that's it, 20%. That's what I'm at right now. I don't know, man. When our last four games, um, there are uh, 12 points and, and Bologna has managed to take five of those points and so i'm i'm, I'm gonna eke it up i'm gonna go we're gonna go the we're gonna go a quarter we're gonna go 25 percent in zoggy bowl and i think uh, a, another w um over the course uh, if, if not taking a loss over the next couple of weeks um i think we're gonna we're gonna hit north of 50 percent and christmas that the, the present will be given to us we'll have the the mullet bowl but uh, Inzaghi Bowl, up to 20 to 25%. Well, that's the, that's the episode this week. Uh, we have our Serie A 6. Um, thanks, everybody, for listening. And again, please um, you know, follow us on all sorts of social media. Actually, the three types of social media, uh, Twitter, uh, Instagram, and Facebook. Um, please, uh, if you have the ability, go to Apple Podcasts, rate us five stars. If you give us four stars, we're going to hit the VAR. We're going to go back and we're going to change it to a five. Um, but uh, until next week, ragazzi, diciamo, arrivederci. Ciao, ciao.